Hi, I'm Johnny Reinhardt, and you're listening to the Meet the Makers podcast. In this show, we talk to the masters who create beer, wine, and spirits in Southwest Michigan to hear what inspires their craft. It's all part of the Makers Trail. Plan your trip today at makerstrail.org. But for now, it's time to meet the makers. We're in beautiful Coloma, Michigan, and we're at uh, Karma Vista Winery, and this is a, a really cool place to check out. Uh, we're actually hanging out with uh, uh, one of the owners, uh, Joe Herman. How are you today? Good, good. A little overwhelmed with all the weather going on and everything. You know, it's been the last few days. It's hard to wake up. Yeah, know? I bet. Yeah, that that bit of a gloomy uh, kind of start to the morning, um, but the rain and all that stuff. It's a good thing. Rain's for, a good thing. For yeah, we've stuff. nothing less than extremes. Extreme heat for a few days, and then extreme the other way. You know, so yeah, it's it's been a moist year so far, which the the plants love it, as as most people can tell, just from how their yards are growing, their right. lawn is growing. Well, we're, we're seeing the same thing. Every it's why well, I've been telling people who knew that plants like water, heat and sunlight. <laughs> exactly. And, and like you said, uh, it's all great. Uh, and, uh, from what I've, uh, heard from many people, uh, the past couple of years, we've lucked out with pretty solid weather throughout the entire, entire year. And that's been good, and it's been great for anybody that wants to have delicious wine because it's uh, working out great for all the crops, right? Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, been nice after those two polar vortex winters yeah. of uh, fourteen and fifteen. It's like nature's trying to make it back up to us by not being so mean. You know, we've had a, <laughs> had a couple three years in a row now. We're like, oh yeah, this is how it used to be. Right. You know, where you, you actually had. Uh, surplus of fruit you know that's a nice thing that's a good problem to have it is a good problem to have and uh you know tell me a little bit about yourself you're you're a lifetime farmer you've been doing this for uh for quite a while the winery is how old the winery is in its 16th year now wow we opened up in 2002 yeah wow there were three wineries in Berrien county at that time you know tabor hill yeah um what was heart of the vineyard then and lemon creek and Three of us opened the same year, us, Contessa, and Domain Berrien. So all of a sudden, we tripled the number of wineries, yeah. in one, or doubled the number of wineries in one year. Not tripled, but then it's it's kind of gone from there. Yeah, and you go across southwest Michigan now, and it seems like you got a, you got a winery uh, right next door to another winery. And yeah. It's, it's really great because that means that uh, there's more and more great places for people to check out, but also it's good for... Uh, for a lot of uh, a lot of winemakers that I know, uh, they they kind of share secrets and with each other and and work with each other. And um, you also said that um, you grow a lot of a lot of grapes here. Yeah, um, we we sell most of our grapes to other wineries. Actually, we're full time a full time farm. Yeah. Herman Farms is one entity, and then Karma Vista Vineyards is another. And so the the wine grapes are one of our crops, you know, and so we sell to other wineries all over the state. And actually if some in Indiana, I've sold as far away as Missouri before. Wow. And so you, you, like you said, you've been a farmer for uh, a long time and you're not just growing uh, these, these beautiful wine grapes. You're growing all kinds of stuff, right? Yeah. We have uh, about a hundred acres of cherries, about a hundred acres of juice grapes, about 30 acres of peaches. We used to grow a lot of apples. I got out of the apple business, you know, and I know, um, you know, so I could focus on the fall crops with right. the grapes and everything. So you're never done changing. You know, yeah. we've, we've been here 171 years and, uh, I'm the sixth generation. My son, Keith is the winemaker now is the seventh generation. And, uh, you're, yeah, you're never done 
right with with the panic and everything of uh you know what's going to happen so so for being a, a farmer and like uh, like you said sixth generation farmer um what made you decide that okay i'm growing you know uh concord grapes and uh, doing all these other peaches and cherries and all that what made you decide that hey i'm gonna i'm gonna grow wine grapes um retail wholesale retail is different than wholesale wholesale farming um got to be really depressing in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, you just saw prices collapse. Most of farming is going through the same thing right now. You know, yeah. we are in a surplus economy. There is too much of everything. So you can have the same crop one year and be paid half the price of what you got the year before. You know, most people would find that depressing to to find their paycheck cut sure. in half from one year to the next. Sure. And so you started to see, uh, you know, that's, that's just a trend in farming that I, I recognized, you know, that other people had obviously in the 90s that uh, this isn't going to go away. You're being run out of the business by these mega farms on the the West Coast, especially. I always say the worst Pacific Rim countries we have to worry about are California and Washington. Um, And so we decided it needed to do something somehow that was more direct to the consumer. You know, Mm -hmm. the closer you get to the customer, the the higher the margins are. And there's some some more ability to... uh, to have some consistency in sales volume that way. And so we, we had this location, um, not really realizing that it would evolve into this, you know, but it was, it's an unusually gifted site yeah. and you, you look around and you go, well, what are my assets? What do I have that other people don't have? And what are the things I can do to make it different? Um, like I say, because at, at the time, like I say, half the farm was in apples and the apple market was collapsing. Um, just other things. So you, you, you came about partly because you were, you were, got interested in wine and love, right. love drinking it, but also because, well, no sense going the other way, you know, yeah. getting, getting bigger and crops that weren't, weren't going to make any more money. Um, so it was part business decision, uh, and part for the fun of it. You also, you know, you're like, well, there comes a point in your life where you go, if this doesn't work, it'll look good on my resume when I move to California. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, you, like you said, you, you've been a farmer. And so when you decided to, to go into making and, and growing these, uh, these wine grapes, were there any challenges that you did not expect? Oh, all kinds. You know, I mean, we, we're pretty much, you know, carving new territory as to what yeah. will grow where. And uh, in our area, you can have five or six mild winters in a row. And you yeah. think, oh yeah, these are going to go do great here. I don't know why guys haven't planted more of these. Right. And then you have one bad winter and you go, oh, you know, that's why, you know, it's like <laughs> nature's electric fence, you know, yeah. it, it shows you when you went a little too far, you know, cause you'll plant your best site first. Then you think, oh, that's doing good there. Then you plant your second best site. You go, oh, that's, that's all right. And you plant your third best site. Then one of those winners come along and you go, well, what were you thinking? You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, and you, like you were telling me, uh, when, when I, when you look out the windows, which is great, you, when you look out the windows and you see these, these rolling vineyards, it's, it's really awesome because the tasting room where we're sitting right now sits at the top of the hill and you can see for miles and miles and it's a really cool thing. Um, but you guys put a lot of tender love and care into caring for all these grapes. Yeah. It's, you know, we have, let's say 50 acres of wine grapes. I figure there's somewhere around 45,000 plants yeah. and every one of those plants has to be touched several times a year, you know, by human hands. Yeah. And so you really have to remember how many people are involved in this. There's a lot of people working very hard every day to maintain these things. They do not take care of themselves. The shoots do not look like that naturally, you know, without, 
without some manipulation, we'll be going out and pulling leaves off about six inches around yeah. where the grapes are. You know, so there's 45,000 plants that have to have the leaves pulled off. Right. Um, there's um, suckers that need to be cut. We'll be, uh, you know, cutting the tops of the vines off as they get too long. Um, it's it's a daunting process. You know, sometimes I, I sit here and I look out and I go, man, you know, who's the idiot that planted all this? <laughs> Well, that's the thing is, like you said, all the uh, all the the care and consideration that you have to do, but it's pretty rewarding at at the end of of all of that when you have harvest and you make you make the wine and then you take that first sip. It's like, all right, all that work was worth it. It's incredible. We are drinking wine from our farm that is above and beyond what we had hoped for when we started. It's hard to believe, you know, that in 16 years, how you know the quality of what we're drinking. is comparable to anything you're going to find in the country, yeah. you know, and, uh, like I say, this is a gifted site. Uh, Keith, my son is the winemaker. He is, he has a palate that is beyond mine. It's just spectacular, but you have to start with the best fruit. You right. know? So our focus, you know, being farmers, we go, okay, what are our assets? Well, we know a lot about, or we've learned a lot and we're yeah. still, we're still learning. We don't you know that we're never done. You know, we're doing things different all the time and trying it out. Um, but I'm, I mean, we're drinking Pinot Noir that's out of this world. We've mm-hmm. gotten gold medals for Pinot Noir. I, uh, we've gotten gold medals in, you know, at the biggest competition in the country for Syrah. I always say, you know, my son Keith is, is knocking all these things off my bucket list. It kind of scares me, right? you know, <laughs> and, <laughs> so I'm having to add new things to the bucket list, but we're, sure. we're doing Chardonnay and we, we need to do things here that are borderline not doable. Okay. Because in farming, your problem is a surplus of everything, right. you know, and so if there's things that everybody can plant, everybody will plant them. You know, we need to do the things that are almost on the edge of that nature's electric fence, you know, yeah. that, that are almost undoable. Um, and that's, that's the part that thrills us, you know, being able to do things and doing well and to be able to drink a Chardonnay, a Pinot Noir, a Syrah, a Merlot, you know, that's as nice as anything you can buy anywhere is, is just incredible. I always tell people it's, the, the most rewarding thing is to have this job where you can pour yourself into your work and at the end of the day, pour your work into yourself. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you mentioned uh, Syrah grapes, and uh, from what you were telling me and what I found out is that you're one of the, the only vineyards in southwest Michigan that is, is growing Syrah grapes. There's two or three of us left yeah. doing it. Yeah, it's, uh, it took the winters hard. There's also some virus issues with Syrah, but um, if you can... If you can uh, give it some tender, loving care, we make as nice a Syrah as there is anywhere in the world. Uh, you know, the quality of the, it's just, it loves our climate. It loves yeah. our summers. You know, there are areas you don't want, you don't want it to be too hot. You don't want it to be too cold. You know, I always say it's like when you grill a steak, you know, you, yeah. you have that medium, all the, you know, the medium temperature right. for a long time, you know, yeah. is great. You don't want to harvest things in the, in the worst of the heat. That's why we don't want things grapes that ripen in in summer at the peak of the heat you want things where the ripening happens uh, later in the season like what i call football weather is ideal is ideal wine grape weather you know Mm -hmm. that nice sunny pushing 70s and then uh dropping cold at crisp at night you know that's what uh, fortunately what makes great wine country and that's what we have you know if you look the other thing people take for granted you know this isn't anything you can do just anywhere you know people think all farmland is created equal no it's not um you need to be within so many miles of lake michigan that's going to give you 
you know, a, a, let's say a five to 10 degree advantage. You need elevation. That's going to give you another couple degrees advantage. You need slope. That's going to give you another couple degrees advantage. Then it's that couple degrees, you know, on those two nights, you know, the one night in the middle of winter and one night in the spring is the difference between standing in water up to your chin and standing in water up to your eyes. It doesn't sound like too much, right. but it's the difference between life and death, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you find that out the hard way. You find out where the sites are that do that. Um, but you know, if you, if we can do that, the best sites in Michigan can grow some spectacular wine. There's just no doubt about it. And like you said, you know, your, your spectacular wine and the, the work and, and that you guys put into it. And like you said, the, the soil and the, the climate and everything, these rolling hills where we're at turns out to be some really great wine and award-winning wine. Award-winning wine. Yeah. We've, we got a gold medal in January, our second gold medal for uh, our Syrah from the largest competition in the country, San Francisco Chronicle uh, wine competition. And so in that category, you know, they went by price category, the 25 yeah. to $30, $30 bottle of wine. There were 10 gold medals. Seven were from California, two were from Washington, and then there was us. Wow. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure a lot of the people there, when they say, you know, Carma Vista from Michigan, they're like, huh? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure when they tried it, they were like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty is, nice. That's pretty nice. Pretty and nice. It, it ages forever. Um, you know, we've got we've got uh, some we haven't released yet that yeah. are in the bottle that are tasting just as nice, if not nicer. So, I mean, you know, we've, it's it's rewarding. We've got some nice stuff going on here. And, you know, the, the trick is to keep it going. Yeah, and some of the good good wines uh, also have good names. And as I look at all the uh, the wines you have, uh, I've noticed that there's there's a bit of a, a, a musical trend. Occasionally, there's yeah. a rock and roll theme. You know, I'm I'm a baby boomer who still has a turntable. Sure, and still gets things on vinyl. You know, there, you can buy even new records on vinyl still, yeah. which is awesome. And I always say it's actually better for you because it, it, every thirty minutes or so, you have to get up and turn the thing over, which means you don't sit on the couch too much right you know? so it's much healthier for you to have have a turntable um so yeah we have a, a stone temple pinot is our pinot noir um our blush one of our blushes is called pink side of the moon and uh, they might just be they might be influenced by whatever was playing at the sure. time i needed to uh, name the wine yeah. yeah yeah because you make the wine and then uh, you put it in the bottle and you may have not come up with a name yet and you got to put the label on and it's like uh like you said what you just think, whatever, you know? <laughs> whatever's playing or whatever's going on or whatever's on your mind or yeah. when you were thinking about it and uh it's just it's really great and makes for some uh really great wine which it, would you say is your favorite my favorite is is our between the saran the pinot noir and the reds i love drinking that in uh, whites we are big chardonnay fans my son and i and and uh, we believe in oak so all our chardonnays yeah. are done in oak barrels we only use french oak barrels in the winery, we're small enough that we we decided we we weren't going to split it up between yeah. American and French. French oak is twice as expensive; it's about a thousand bucks for a barrel. Wow! Um, but it's just more subtle, more elegant, and uh, you know, we just thought, well, let's just make that our style. Yeah, and uh, have been really happy with that. So those those are the ones I drink a lot of at home. Uh, we have a for people who like something that's not as dry. Our Devil's Head Red is kind of a blend that we came up with somewhat accidentally. And twice got the trophy for the best in Michigan. The two times we entered it in the competition, you know, it was named best of class in a semi-dry, which means it's got a little residual sugar to it. But mm -hmm. it's got the complexity of a Syrah, only a lighter, a little lighter version. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, delicious wine that you'll find at, at Karma Vista Vineyards and Winery. Um, what what can people expect when they, if they've never been here before, or when they come into the tasting room, what, what will they experience? 
we're we're a little or not a little we're a lot more laid back we are not not trying to be everything to everybody we, sure. we tell people if you're into wine we're into you yeah you know um you're going to meet the owners my wife sue and i uh, you know have been here in, in 16 years we haven't been gone 16 days you know wow. and when the days we were gone were almost always because of a wedding or a funeral or, or some event like that we believe that people come here you know we're, we're presenting ourselves you're yeah. you're a guest on our farm you know and mm-hmm. so we want you to have a good experience uh, we want people who are interested in wine, you know, and um, it's it's a pleasure to talk to people who are really, really interested in it. And we want people to relax and, and have a little more elbow room. Yeah. You know, I've always I've always thought, you know, I said, man, you, you can't. A lot of times you came from the big city to get here. Didn't you come here to avoid the crowd? Sure. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we, we deliberately we don't take groups larger than eight. You know, we, we don't think we can handle them as well at the, at the mm-hmm. tasting bar. Um, and if you, if we don't have a good time serving you, you're not going to have a good time. We can't give you a good experience. In other words, with, with any larger group, and we yeah. want you to be interested in the wine, have time to answer your questions. Um, you're also going to be able to just enjoy the view. We sell everything by the glass. Um, uh, and we have a, a deck outside. We serve cheese and crackers and, you know, we would, uh, I've always often told people, I said, wine is, is best served with conversation. Yeah. You know, and I said, if you improve the wine, you'll improve the conversation. That's great. You know, so it's, it's nice. And that's why we have people who appreciate that. We're like I say, we're not, not every, we're not every, what everybody wants, but that's fine. We're not, mm-hmm. we're putting out a frequency that's trying to attract people who are on that wavelength. Yeah. And like you said, and that's why I love, uh, you know, not only doing this podcast, but also just I love Michigan wine and and beer and spirits just because I can go to a place and and meet the people that are involved in this. And it's really great that I can come to Karma Vista at any time, like you said, and uh, meet you your wife or anybody that's involved in what you see when you look out the window or you, you drink a glass of wine. Yeah. Yeah. The people who, who do help us out on our weekends, our peak season are people who love wine, who, yeah. who are friends of the family, who understand the process and understand what's going on in the vineyard and can answer questions. You know, you want, if you have an interest in wine, you know, we want, we want to, to feed that, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's worked out. Like I say, we're in our, our, we just finished our 16th year. Um, which I guess means we're in our 17th year (laughs) and, uh, we're, we're always, you're never done evolving. You know, you're always evolving, but we've, we've gotten mellower with age and that's not a bad thing. You know, we, we kind of know who we are and, you know, we're like, well, that's, and that's what you're, like I say, that's your, your vibration is what you're putting out. And it's, if it'll attract the people you want to attract it, you know? Exactly. When they say wine gets better with age, so does a winery. Right. When <laughs> you get older and you, you get more relaxed. Right. And, and like you said, the environment of a uh, relaxed uh, family environment we're is not, great. We're not getting older. We're just getting more complex. Exactly. Yeah. The <laughs> complex f- complex flavors and conversations that you'll have would happen here at Karma Vista. And, you know, like we were mentioning, uh, we're kind of talking about this before we got started, is that, you know, you're a fruit farmer. And yeah. uh, you've been doing this for, for many years, all doing all kinds of different fruits. You incorporate some of these fruits into the wines we, as well we make right? a, a peach wine that's out of this world in fact it's out of stock right now really? we sold out on it we have a cherry wine that's, that's made from the the tart cherry that we grow in michigan mm-hmm. which is mostly goes for pie filling yeah um and then a, i have access to a great supplier of raspberries a friend of mine 
who uh, grows about 50 acres of raspberries, most of which go to Chicago farmer's markets on the weekend. Yeah. We get a hold of them and turn it into this lovely dessert wine, you know, and it's unmistakable. Everything we do is fresh. We don't use concentrate, you know, mm-hmm. and so we actually will cut the peaches, you know, take take the pit out and, and start the process that way, throwing them in a tub and everything like that. Same with the raspberries. We kind of hand smash them in a barrel. They don't go through the press very well, we've learned. So, you know, it's a whole different process. Um, but the flavors are, as we can't try to capture as natural a flavor as we can. And we've succeeded pretty well in that. That's wonderful. One of the other things we do, um, you say that's unusual is when you look at the vineyards, we don't use any weed spray. We we don't use any herbicide, um, from the farm background. I've I've gotten interested in, in soil health lately. Mm -hmm. Uh, there again, as you get older, you, you find the, the correlation between the soil and the stomach, you know, they tell you that. The soil is what feeds the vine. You don't feed the vine. You're feeding the ground. You take care of the ground. And so it occurred to me, you know, why are we putting poison in the soil? Sure. You know, that's in, right in the root zone. And, you know, and um, our primary, the primary reason for weed control, where you see these bare strips of ground, are to eliminate moisture competition. Sure. You know, they try and right. have this bare piece of ground. And then you think about it, and it, it, it occurs to you, especially in a year like this, moisture competition right goodness gracious we've got more water than what we know what to do with here exactly. you know and there there again don't don't study agriculture in california and come home and try and apply it in michigan right yeah their conditions are they're they're a dry climate they're a desert you know mm-hmm. we're not we have all this wonderful free fresh water you know why not take advantage why not flaunt that fact you mm-hmm. know and so i want the grass to go all the way up to the vine to compete for the water that drives the roots deeper in the ground, you get down into the, the ground in Michigan, you're, you're never out of water. You know, yeah. it, it's amazing. And I, I noticed I started doing this six years ago when we had a hot, dry 2012 and I look out the window and my vines are still growing to the moon and we're having to hedge them. You yeah. Know? Yep. And you thought, my goodness, if they're still getting all the water they need in these conditions, we know in September and October when we do get rains that there's way too much water. Sure. So I started not using herbicide. It's way more expensive. We end up uh, about three times a year. We'll have to actually go through the weed whackers, you know, guys. Mm-hmm. I, f- I keep trying to think that there's a cheaper way of doing things, but they haven't found it yet. You right. Know? But um, you spend the time, you spend the money, and the vines look great. They're healthier. Um, it's just, I, I think, better for the ground. Yeah. And the ground is way more complex than you realize, you know, just like they Definitely. talk about the microbiome that's in the human stomach. It's the mm-hmm. same thing in the soil. You know, there's more, more complex elements there. We test the soil every year and um, fertilizer is primarily made up of, you know, N, P, and K. When you buy a bag of fertilizer, there's three numbers on it. The first number is nitrogen. The second number is phosphorus. Third number is potassium. That's yep. what they, they stand for. Well, there's also, you know, you find out there's also an incredibly com- complex relationship between magnesium and calcium mm-hmm. in the soil we need sulfur in the soil you know we need uh, small amounts of boron zinc iron um, those are all things you you test for and you monitor for and so if you're out of balance you know bad things are going to happen so you know we're spending our time just trying to create this balance in the soil what you're looking for is balance in the vine you know a balanced crop you know, we will actually drop grapes off of those plants right. to make sure that we don't have too much. You know, if you, uh, Pinot Noir in particular, we will drop half of those grapes on the ground in August way before they get ripe because a Pinot can only, a really good Pinot mm-hmm. can only hold half the crop on the vine and, and support half of the crop right. to make a dry wine that 
you would get on a Merlot or a Cabernet or something like that. So where we can crop a Merlot at three, three and a half ton, a Pinot, we can't crop over two ton. Um, and so you learn that the hard way, you know, um, but it's one of the things you do. And so you're looking, like I say, every, every different vine has a different balance point to it. And you're trying to, you're trying to learn that for each one and each site, you know, what is the balance here? And it's never the same really two years in a row. It's, uh, um, you know, you're, you don't want to always be fighting last year's war, but you, you know, a guy who just started farming this year would think, boy, I'm a great farmer. Look how right. good everything's growing, you know, <laughs> and, you know, and, uh, that do the same thing next year and go, man, how come everything looks so rough? So there's, exactly. yeah, it, it, there's, there's a certain amount of science, but then don't, don't underestimate the value of just observing, you know, just yep. do something and watch, you know, mm-hmm. and it's going to take time. And they always tell you in, in wine you know, you're not talking years or decades, you know, we're, we're looking, hopefully this will be generations, you know? And so you're, you're trying to, you know, take your time, observe, you know, watch for the balance, watch for the health. And, uh, you lose sleep at night over when you have, you know, disease pressure and things like that. Um, it's always wonderful in the fall to see the grapes hanging there, you know, and you Mm -hmm. think, you think uh, it, it's terrible, but then you, you get nervous and you go, man, I can't wait for them to be off. You need to, <laughs> you need to enjoy and absorb all that happened. You think, my gosh, they lived through the winter. Right. You know, we, we, we lost sleep over how cold it would get in the winter. And if exactly. you get, let's say we can do 10 below and we're still okay. You get mm-hmm. in that 15 below uh, area and which only happens on rare occasions, yeah. but it does happen. Then you, then you've got problems, you know? So you live through winter, then you've got to live through spring. You got to hope that once they do break bud, now it can't get below 32. Exactly. You know, so then you live through spring. Then you got to worry about the moisture, you know, the disease pressure, you know, and you've got all that you're losing your sleep over. Give us a few weeks and we'll be worried about the deer and the turkey nibbling on the vines. That you too, know? yeah. So we've got that to worry about, you know, and then, uh, then worry about getting it harvested at the right point. Right. Um, so yeah, it's a, it, it's a ironic that is as the season progresses when you yeah. should be feeling better and better about mm-hmm. everything you're like man i can't wait till it's off yeah. you know i'd really i really prefer the part where i just drink it you know? exactly exactly well it's like having kids it's yeah. like you know you know yeah, you're, you're never done worried. you're always worried about this and that and any any anything that you do or that they do that you're worried about what's going to happen what the outcome is yeah, going to be yeah so, yeah. so it's, it's it's never done exactly yeah. And so it's really great, you know, like you said, you know, starting this as uh, it's almost like it's it's a, it's a first generation for the winery, but like you said, from generation to generation, and your son being uh, the winemaker, I'm sure for generation to, to come, there'll be great wine yeah. here in Coloma. We we hope so. We have, like I say, we have learned so much every year, and you're always, you know, with you know, oh man, with the next vintage, I'll I'll do this different, yeah. you know, and so, but you're never done doing that. You're never done tweaking things, but it's it's fun to be able to to pull out a wine that you made five years ago. Right. Um, we actually have a Syrah that we just bottled that was picked on the day my grandson was born. He's oh, the eighth yeah. generation. Uh, he happened to be, uh, have a due date of November 1st. And we normally mm-hmm. pick the last week of October. Yeah. And we thought, well, okay, you know, we can stretch that harvest out you sure. know, until the first of November. Well, the first of November came and he didn't. You right. know, and it ended up being the, the 9th of November, which normally would be a problem, but that happened to be a beautiful, sunny, high, yep. high 60s, you know, in, in uh, two years ago. And we thought, well, how cool is that? You That's know, great. and so now we've got a, some wine in the bottle that we'll have to 
have to hold back for 21 years until he can legally drink it. With. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really cool. He can, he can walk by and see the barrel and say, Hey, that's, that's going to be uh, yeah. that's going to be yours when yep. you get old enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, I got, I, I got to ask you this today. I, I ask everybody when I, when I do this, um, do you have, as you look to the future, do you have any maybe secrets or things that maybe you're, you're working on or you have hopes for in the, the coming years? We've got, you know, you've always got new new fields to plant. We've got yeah. a beautiful block that we're going to plant that I'm excited about next year. You know, and you take, you had to take the time. It was a cherry orchard. We pushed it out and we're cover cropping it this year. Okay. They're again, trying to get the soil where we want it to be. And we're splitting mm-hmm. it between three different varieties. We're going to put Syrah, Cab Sauvignon and, and Chardonnay on that. And when you're looking at it, you know, you're really looking at it at 20 years down the road right. almost, you know. And so you're like, well, that that will be one maybe more for my grandson than for me. Mm-hmm. But how cool is that? Um, nothing, nothing, uh, you know, too much. Uh, there are no left turns coming. You know, we're just still right. trying to trying to be the best we can. We're our own. It's like golf. You're your own competition. Sure. You know, you're, you've always set your standards mm-hmm. as to, well, here's what we think we can do better. Here's what we think we're getting good at. Um, you know, we, we sell, do sell most of our grapes to other wineries. And so we want... We want to have the reputation that if you buy grapes from us, you're getting the best of the best, you know, what can be done here. Um, And so we'll, you know, we have, have still have peaches, you know, you don't know how long you'll, you'll Mm -hmm. keep having them. We've had them for 170 years on the farm, but you're never done changing the mix of what's going on. The labor is always an issue. You know, hopefully in Southwest Michigan, we've, we've, because there's such a diversity of crops, you know, we've had a, the ability to, to keep a, a nice workforce here, you know, a real quality workforce that knows what they're doing in the vineyard yeah. and things like that. Um, but no, no, no major changes. We look back and, uh, you know, sometimes you drive up the hill and you remember that it was nothing here. You know? Right. And you think that's, that's kind of cool, you know, and I, I always thought too, I, I didn't want a building that overpowered the hill. I wanted mm-hmm. the hill to be the center of attention, you know, and yeah. uh, so you weren't, you weren't trying to build any, build anything that was flashy or ostentatious or anything like that. And uh, I think we've succeeded in that. Like I say, we want, we want the view to be the center of attention here. We want people to, to, uh, we've had people walk in, we'll walk in and go, Hey, where do you get your grapes? Right. You know, and you go, well, you were surrounded. You know, take a look around you. Yeah. you know? And there, did you, yeah. Did right you miss there. that? You know, <laughs> and that, or they, they don't, yeah, you, you, you have to remember to pick your head up once in a while and yeah. say, man, look at this view. You know, there's, you know, the grapes are happy here. There's a reason why this is here, you yeah. know? Um, yeah, it's all, it's all good. Yeah. And you'll be happy here if you, if you come and check out, uh, Karma Vista Vineyards and Winery, it's just a, a cool place. It feels like you're, you're just transformed into a, uh, or transported into a different place. Um, but you see, you can see the, the tender love and care and the beautiful, beautiful, uh, vineyard that you have here. It's just, uh, been an amazing experience just to sit down and hang out with you for a little while. Cool. Thank you so much. Cool. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of Meet the Makers. We'd love for you to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And remember, it's all brought to you by The Maker's Trail. Plan your route today at makerstrail.org. And remember to drink responsibly.